Time for honesty. I am in pain. <laughs> so why am I smiling? Well, I'm finally deciding to, you know, to 
to choose to take Rabbi Nachman's, uh, Rabbi Nachman's words a bit more seriously. And that's the realization that if I want any clarity, it's not going to come from kvetching. And it's not going to come from saying how sad I am. Um, it's going to come from another place. It's going to come from Simcha. It's going to come from tuning into going beyond myself. Now you ask, well, why are you so, why? <laughs> things are, seem to be getting better. Things, things seem to be getting better. Things are opening up. Restrictions are being removed. Things seem to be better. So I, I, my wife gave me some gewalt musr this morning. <laughs> really good musr. Because there's so many things that are going on in my head that whenever I see another statement by anyone, uh, any, any authoritative official, uh, I have such a taina in my heart, the tar omet, because nothing is clear. These guidelines are completely not clear. But that's just the chitzoniyot. That's just on the outside. On the inside, are things getting clearer to us? Meaning, the whole purpose while we went through everything we've been going through, has that gotten clearer to us? So I don't think so. Give me a bracha, my chevra, my family that's here, to just have some yeshuvadat and to, to figure out a way to unleash what's going on inside because there's a lot that I want to share but it's got to become clear to me, and it has to be done through Simcha too. I'm not used to this. <laughs> so, having said all that, with that Ruach, we're going to jump into the Piyasetz Nerebbe's words today. And today is a short, is a, is a short shir, not so long, and I'm encouraging all you parents to put your kids online on Zoom at 12 o'clock, as Shoshana is going to be giving over her stories. But I want right now for us to delve into the words Another fascinating diary entry, which may be very, very difficult for most of us to connect to, because this is a diary entry from the Piyasetz Nerebus Fusyagin Eleno, that, that is, it's obviously firsthand, meaning it's something that he shared. And it has to be that he was talking in first person, just obviously his humility would never enable him to say, and this is what happened to me. But there's something very, very important here. As you see my very cute finger there on the bottom of the page, we're up to Ot Chavchet. We're up to the 28th Ot in the Sefer Tzav Beziruz. For those of us learning for the first time, just a reminder, Tzav Beziruz is a compilation of diary entries that the Piyasetz Nerebbe did into his own diary from the years 1928 till 1939. These, I, I mean, it's weird calling them diary entries. They're the deepest tires that ever, ever existed. Diary entries. They're amazing. They're very raw. They're very harif. They're very chazak. In a nutshell, what is today's? What is today's title? And maybe it sounds repetitive, but it is what it is. Today's title is: How do you know if you're for real? It's pretty straightforward. How do you know if you're for real? This is again just his shita. This is something that he shared after digging very deep inside. How do you know if what you're going through is for real? How do you know if your spiritual experiences are for real? So according to the Piyasetz Nerebi, he's going to give us his idea, basically what worked for him, without, again, without saying that this is what happened to me. But of course, each of us would love to believe 
that what we're going through right now is a complete transformation on a ruchni level, on a spiritual level, but it's not so muvan me'elav, what that exactly means. How do I know? Is my, is my davening better? Would I label that? Would I label that as someone who's spiritually graduated? Um, am I becoming more of a patient person? That could very well be. But let's see. It's a short piece. Let's get right to it. Ot chavchet and tzavizivus. The Rebbe says like this. Im rotzeh ata leavchin et leiyatcha veyiyatcha b'sha'a min ha'sha'ot. If you want, basically, it's a lot of hard Hebrew. I'm going to give it over as simple as possible. The Piyasetzner is asking us, if you want to see, if you want to check yourself out, if you want to take a test to see where you're holding, like they say in Yeshivish, where are you holding, right? That usually means what Masechta are you, are you learning? But I'm like, Masechta of Yenashama, where are you holding? Where are you holding? So the Rebbe is saying, if you want to get a test to see where you're holding in your in your vision of ruchniyot, biriyatcha, biriyatcha, b'shamin ha'sha'ot, second line. If you want to see, rak b'sichlecha hitbonanta, b'yishtal shalut. If you want to see if you were trying to understand something only in your mind, b'yishtal shalut, that's like the level of descendants of, of spirit. V'rak b'dimyoncha, derech ha'alulim v'halilot, ha'ilot, ha'dargin, ha'prasot. Maybe if you, were, if you were just trying to understand in your mind or in your imagination all the ain't all the infinite levels of Hashem from Hashem's essence and how it descends into the world. If somehow you, this is what you catch yourself doing in your free time, right? Like all of us. But let's say perhaps this is, this is you, wanted, you wanted to find your place and you wanted to be aware of what's going on in the world because the first few days we were going through this whole Corona Mishigas, it was clear to us that something much greater is happening in the world. But the problem, like everything that has kvil to it, is that we get accustomed to things, we get used to it, and we stop paying that much attention to it. So the Rebbe is saying over here, if you wanted to test and see where you're holding spiritually, what have your thoughts been like? How do you know if what you imagine when you thought about why Hashem is doing all of this and where you see yourself in the picture, if you want to know how real or unreal that is, look at the following. He says an amazing thing. Third line, meaning Hashem is obviously much higher than everything that you can come close to. Maybe at a certain moment you, you took a look and you became completely petrified from what you saw. Or, and maybe perhaps you got a little bit of a taste of your neshama, which is a common theme that the Piyasetz Nerebbe speaks about quite often through his Torahs. It's amazing, like, we have to just redefine something. There's a world called feeling spiritual, and there's a world called getting a taste of your soul. The Piyasetz Nerebbe said that it's so sad that people are satisfied with feeling spiritual. Feeling spiritual comes and goes. When you get a taste of your neshama, it doesn't really come and go. Something 
happens to you, your ability to just continue living the same way is not the same. So we've all had this incredible opportunity to get a taste of our neshamas through different aspects. He's boning us, he's us, crying out from the depths of our neshama, whatever it is. Or we've had a bit more of higher spiritual moments. When you have a high spiritual moment, again, it comes and goes. But if you get a taste of your neshama, like the Rebbe says in the second to bottom line here, but if your soul became revealed to you, meaning if you got a glimpse of who you really, really, really are, how do you know, if, how do you know what happened? That's the question he's, he's saying over here. How do you know if this something is something that actually took place or it's haya velo haya? Bottom line, ve'ima yachad be'emet, Next page. And with that vision, with that taste you got of yourself, hopefully, maybe, you got a vision of Again, very hard Hebrew. I'm just going to give it a brief, brief translation. Or that you, you, you were basically tuning in to something that's so d- detached from the way that we usually live. Zotomer, you and I usually live, we're in a body. And most of the time, the way we relate to the world and the way even we relate to Hashem is how it relates through my body, through my, through my kingdom. But did you ever stop and wonder, maybe there's much, much more to this. Maybe there's much, much more to this. And the question is, were you able to bring any of this down into this world? First question is, was it real? These visions you may have. You know, this happens quite often with musicians. I mean, I keep on going back to this because it's such a, it's an apparent thing I've seen in my life many times and it's something many of us can relate to. How do you know if what you experienced on stage and that connection and harmony you had with the crowd was real or not? How do you know if it's real? I'll share with you something very, very uh, personal, but very, uh, very, very deep. Some of the lowest times of my life have been the highest moments on stage. Mamish. Because I, I wasn't certain it, it, it happened, this, this, was hap- this would happen quite often before I was married. I'd be privileged to play on these massive, massive stages. Big festivals, a lot, a lot of people. And a lot of people singing, singing one of my nigunim. And inside, there's a milchama me'en kamon. There's such a war. There's such a se'ara. There's such a, a se'ara. There's a storm. A crazy storm. And that storm, I couldn't understand what it was. I called my Rebbe. I called Rav Weinberger. I was trying to understand, like, why can't I just be in the moment? What is going on inside? So he tried to understand really what I was saying. And my question was, how do I know if this is real? Just because people are getting excited about something, how do I know if it's real or not? Not how do I know if it's L'Shem Shamayim. We'll always have that struggle. But how do I know if the experience is real? So back then he explained to me, he said, Shleimala, you don't have your yet, meaning you're not married. 
you don't have a bite to, of reality to bring that back into, to have some kind of a framework to align all the feelings and all the emotions and put it into, put it, things into context, which was, which was so true. But on, a, on another level, what I kept on thinking was, when I, re- when I read these words was, Beseda Gamur, so you're flying, flying high. But, but what happens right after the show, right? So what did Rip Shlomo do in Berkeley 1966 when he goes on stage and he trips out everyone and all these hippies and all these yidden that are coming out of the woodworks are like, oh my God, what is this? What is this? This is so deep, so deep. What did he have them do? He had them come to his hotel room the next morning to put on tefillin. That's how you, that's how you, you kind of bring that vision, that glimpse to have a clean in this world. So the Rebbe is going to take a little bit of a different take. He's going to a different direction over here. Something very interesting. Let's finish this paragraph on top. You're not able to see God. In this world, there's no such thing of saying, did I grasp God or not? Because obviously it's impossible. His light is so concealed. And he, he basically, it, it brightens the, bo- it, it gives such a jolt of lightning to the eyes that it's very hard to know if what you saw was real or not. Because it's, when it's real, it's so powerful it may blind you. When it's not fully real, it still feels like it may be real. I know this is a place that many of us can't relate to, but it's good to see these words that this is actually something with someone that we learn from experience. So the Rebbe says again, is it possible that, that you were affected and touched by the highest spiritual realm that came into your life? Or maybe it's something that's simply not true. So, so how do you know? How do you know if it's true or not? By the way, the example I gave of being on stage is one example, but there are many different examples that can happen. Um, I would say one example that's not, that is for sure high and true is if you've ever witnessed childbirth. There's no sveikas there. But we're talking about all other things besides, maybe besides childbirth. Um, but let's see how he develops this. We're, we're almost finished. It's going to be a short one today, but short, I believe short and to the point. So this is, this is how you know. Bezot tafchim. How do you know if what you're experiencing is real or not? If in the midst of this thinking, of this contemplation that you're going through, for a moment, your nikrata, your torn away from regular life, from your regular place, and you feel like you're somewhere else, not in a, in a bad way, in a very, very good way. If for a moment of dvekus, you really, really, you know, it says about the Kotzke Rebbe that after he finished davening, he used to take the Chavar 20 minutes to remind the Rebbe where he actually was because of the place that he used to go through. Now, I'm not saying, oh, look at us, none of us have that, but it's possible. The Rebbe believes so much that when you get a taste of your neshama, it is absolutely possible for you to also 
be completely uprooted from where you physically are and be in a completely other world. And I'm not speaking about substances, however. I'm talking totally clean, totally clear. The kind of highs that don't really have lows. So at that moment, you reach such a level, the Rebbe says, that, that look at this, second line, at that moment, the Rebbe says, of such wonderment, you're even scared, you have this yira, you're afraid to, to think of, of yira Hashem, and you're also afraid to love, you're, you're afraid to, meaning that the, the realization of how real HaKadosh Baruch Hu is, is absolutely frightening. It's frightening. You're afraid to experience anything because you have no idea what you're going to feel. You have no idea. You're mamash, mamash in the presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You're mamash in the presence of Hashem. The Rebbe says there are moments when you, when you have that, that, that feeling that you can't even go there to that place of allowing yourself to love, allowing yourself to fear, because anything at that moment is, moment is too startling. Anything. It doesn't matter what it is. Anything at that moment is too startling. So the Rebbe continues and he says, You'll be covered with shvitz. But the, the result is, were you ever too embarrassed to daven, but not embarrassed because of an Avera, but embarrassed because you had a moment of realizing Gdulat Hashem and realizing that everything in life until then, all your concepts of godliness were so shallow. They were so shallow. You become so bosh. You become so embarrassed due to your current enlightenment. The Rebbe is saying over here, you know, you, the, the, the reason you're so in this place is A, you realize you can never understand him. But whatever you reached right now to reach that level of being able to know that you never understand him also means that whatever I thought was is not, is not real. Whatever I thought it wasn't. Whatever I thought until now wasn't real. It was cute. It was sweet. I needed it to get to where I am now. Again, he's speaking about definitely something that he himself went through. It's, it's very hard for you and I to really understand these kind of topics, these kind of things. But what the Rebbe is kind of saying is that uh, when you come to this place that you can't even daven, but, but again, not in a bad way, not because, uh-oh, I have nothing to say. It's like, oh my God. What I thought davening was until now makes me sick to my stomach. Makes me sick to my stomach. I get a look, I get a glimpse of like 80 minchas I had in my life. I have a glimpse of like 100 Shabbases that I had, right? Mincha, 
did the whole thing. And I thought that's what it meant to stand in the presence of God. And I got sick to my stomach. And at that place, I, I, I can't just get up in Davin right now. I can't. I have to sit in this place. There's nothing I can do. There's nothing I can say. Are we bold? Are we, are we, are we, are we gutsy enough to go there for a second, Chavar? They're learning with us right now. Are we gutsy enough to go to this place of inviting the busha of realizing that so much of our concept of God and of Torah is so, so, so small in comparison to the moments where we allow ourselves to taste our neshamas. It's terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. But it's also so redeeming. It's so redemptive as well. So the PSS Nerebbe says, let's meet you there. I'm going to meet you there at that place where you've touched upon this glorious realization that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is so much bigger than whatever you thought it was. And friends, this is what I'm talking about in the beginning of Shir. It is so easy to get stuck in this mindset, the, 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 the shallow one, when there's a virus killing thousands and thousands of people, but 90% of my spiritual, of my spiritual, I say that with, with a little bit of sarcasm, while there's a magefa where there's over 2 million people infected with the virus, and Baruch Hashem, the numbers have been very low here, but thousands of people in the world have died, including hundreds if not thousands of Jews, that I'm still worried and trying to figure out if I could daven in a minion on a porch or not? I don't know, to me, that just makes God seem so little and tiny and shallow. And, and we're going to talk more about this. I don't think there's a, there's a possibility of a person to get to meet their own neshama when they're going through this coronavirus. But but what bothers them the most is figuring out if I hear a person say amen and from a, from a balcony and now it's, they say 19 people. And it's, uh, it's, it's, I don't know, to me, this is a makkah of all makot. And with simcha, we're going to get out of this makkah, with simcha. And with begging Hashem for compassion and enlightenment. Back to the Rebbe. So the Rebbe says like this. We're in the middle of this paragraph. He's saying, what are you going to do? That same God that you've come to realize is much larger than anything you've ever tasted, wondered, dreamed of, at this moment is also in relationship with you and saying, but you got to, you got to, it's time to talk to me. It's time to be in a conversation. 
Daven from that place. Don't wait to rid yourself of this busha. Daven from that place of Shivron Lev. Go there. Go to that place. Daven with me from there. Tit Amet. Use all your koch. Why, he says? Because Hashem is saying, I want to hear you from there. I want to hear what you sound like from that place of realizing that everything you knew and thought until now was so shallow. I want to hear, I want to hear with you what you sound like from that place. Mamash from there. I need to, the Shem doesn't need, but that's what a Kaddish Baruch Hu is telling you. He's saying, let's listen together to, to who you are, which is really who I am. It's the Chelek Eloka. Let's listen it, to it together from there. In Ken Avar Alecha, the Rebbe says, if this has happened to you, Teda, Shemigvul Levushecha Vahala Im Nishmatcha Hibadita. Saying to know something. If this happened to you, know that you're a person who was able to get beyond the borders of this world and you were able to connect to your Neshama. That's who you were. Amazing. Ve'im love, okay. <laughs> so how many people could say, that's me. But in love, if you didn't, so look what he says here. He's not saying you're a shaita, you're a fool, you're a chota. You're a, he's saying something very interesting. Ve'im love, but if you didn't feel this way, rak betoch levushecha ve'efshar rak b'machshavcha hitbonanta. It could be, you, you know, you got learning, you, got, you were learning, you davened, you got excited about something, but but then you were able to just start davening without a problem. You know, you had the same moment that the other person had, but you were able to start davening without a problem. Okay, this is the time, this is what we have to do. He's saying if that's the case, then it could be that what you experienced was just something intellectual. But nonetheless, he says, don't be discouraged. He says, don't be discouraged. Don't, uh, don't just throw it away. It's also good. It's also good, but he ends over here. He says, "The gami tova." It's it's okay, but don't be under the illusion that you got to the essence of, of your neshama, that you tasted your soul. The pain that I spoke to you guys about in the beginning of this shir is very very simple. I have no idea how many people are going to end up watching this. Um, also, the numbers games uh, is, is so. It's so confusing because we've noticed that sometimes shears that have like 5,000 views in a few minutes maybe have eight people that were really with you. And sometimes shears that have 100 views have 80 people that were really with you. It's, it's all a game. So I'm, I'm, I'm begging compassion from Hashem that I should really, really, really be talking to myself right now as much as possible because it's a very, 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 very sensitive and vulnerable place. But I feel so strongly. I feel strongly about the, the following all the time, but I feel more about it now than ever. And especially due to that letter that we learned together last week by that, by that doctor up north. It cannot be. It cannot be. That what we've been going through was not seen and still isn't seen as a time to utilize 
in order to taste our neshamot, to taste, to get a glimpse of ourselves and go beyond the borders of this world. It can't be that this was just a time to make sure we follow orders and the second the orders are beginning to be lifted, now it's time to come out. It cannot be that what we've been going through during this time has made us do a lot, a lot of calculations only on how can I still go to Minyan? I'm so sorry for saying this. To me, it's, a, it's such an abuse of Dvar Hashem. It is so zar, it's so foreign. It's so foreign to the soul. It's so foreign to the soul. And, and honestly, it's really not our fault because our leadership is not telling us otherwise. And that's why it's up to us, simple Yidin, that it's up to us, those of us that know that we can't go back to the same world that we, 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 we were forced to go into our homes due to. It's up to the places in us that know, we don't have exact picture of what it is exactly this looks like in terms of how do I get a taste of my neshama? How do I talk to you, Hashem, from this place? But it must start from a place of admitting that it's more than just figuring out how we go back to Minyan. It has to be. When you sit with this quietly with your soul and you do some hisbororus on this and you go over this piece from the Pia Setzner, short piece, few lines, diary entry, maybe 1931, 32, who knows? When we allow ourselves to feel, when we allow ourselves to be as vulnerable as we already are, but hopefully even more, will understand that what's waiting for us on the other side of this whole Nisayon is the wonderful beauty of getting to know myself and befriending that peace of Hashem that's alive in me in such a more intimate way than what I ever knew until now. It's probably impossible to internalize the teaching we just did right now from the PSS there without two things, running to a forest and crying over it, but I don't know if there's a forest 100 meters and now they're saying 500 meters and all that shtuyot. Without davening over this, there's no way. Without writing a tefillah over this, there's, there's, probably, there's probably no way. So we have a lot of work to do. We have to be calm and steady, big time. We have to really... Uh, banish any judgment or expectations to expect anyone to understand these kind of words. But we ourselves must, must mvatal ourselves before a much bigger picture. And hopefully, hopefully, Bezrat Hashem, there'll be a new or chadash that will emerge and the new world of Torah, the new world of shul, the new world of religious experience will be one that will be much more in line with words like the Piyasetz Nerebbe has shared with us 
than just making sure that our routine, as holy as it may be, that our routine itself renews itself in a way that's needed for today's day and age. I love and miss you all. Thank you so much for learning with us. Tonight, 8.30 p.m., Rabbi Nachman for women. Our Rabbi Nachman's Chabur, we have a very special shir tonight. And we have a lot of programming over Yom HaShoah, so please stay in touch, and let's keep on going there, Chabur. We're on our way, and Givald, are we winning right now?